0: Shabbat Shalom, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live from Home. It's Yom Shabbat, Saturday, August fifteenth, 2020. And I want to bring you greetings from Sandy and me. Let's thank the Lord for this Shabbat as we enter into the Lord's rest, and we're refreshed together. Right now is a great time to click on the share button and let's encourage our Facebook friends to join in with us. Rabbi Uri and I will be studying the scriptures with you this morning, but first, let's welcome Cantor Aaron Jacobs. Cantor Aaron will lead us in Hebrew prayers live from the sanctuary. So from Sandy and me, we say Shabbat Shalom.
1: Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and as always, thank you for joining us this morning um, it is always a blessing and I mean this truly it is a blessing when we join together even though we're spread out and you're doing this over a computer screen you are a blessing to us here at the temple so let's start with the first of the formal blessings the bar khu. please join me at home bless the Lord the Blessed One blessed is the Lord the Blessed One for all eternity Baruch Adonai Hamborach, Baruch Adonai Hamborach, Leolam Vaed. And we continue with the blessing of Messiah, where we thank God for giving us the way of salvation through his precious and atoning sacrifice. Please join me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. Who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua, Amen. Baruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Natan Lanu Ederet Hayeshua Be Mashiach Yeshua, Amen. And we will continue with the Vishamru. This morning I was thinking. I've been cantering, I think, for the temple in one form or another for about 12 years, and every day that I've cantered, I've said, we'll do the vishamru, it's a scriptural basis for us being here today, gathering and worshiping together. That is true, but it's also a time to consider what it means to live in the presence of God. He rested on the seventh day, and man shared that day with him. There was no evening and morning recorded so. Living in God's presence, I guess, is like, like an eternal Shabbat. So as you celebrate the Shabbat, consider what this means to you and consider the gift through Yeshua's sacrifice that we can now spend in eternity with our God. A good thing to think about as we celebrate. So let's continue with the Vishamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Now we continue with our worship with a very important prayer, the watchword of Israel, the Shema. So if you are not standing, please stand at home and face towards the east. And I will give you a moment to consider what it means, the Shema. We interpret it, or we translate it to say, hear, O Israel. But to hear alone is not what it means, it's not only what it means. Do a word search for Shema and you'll see it means many things, to hear, listen, obey, internalize consider the oneness of our god take action shama israel adonai Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. <speaking in Hebrew> Ha davrim Asher anochi mitsvaka hayom al yom ve'shina tam lebecha ve'libarta habam b'shivtika bevatecha. Who left the cave Ukshartam Leot Veahula Ukta and Sharecha. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you retire, and when you arise. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gates, amen. Yeshua tells us that is the single most important commandment. As you know, that is how you understand, relate to, and grow your personal relationship with our God. He continues and gives us the second most important commandment, maybe the most challenging of the commandments, or one of the most challenging of the commandments at least, and that is how we become the arms, hands, and more importantly, sometimes the ears and the mouth of God here on earth as we share his word around us with his love. Please join me and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we will continue with the Avot. Blessed are you, Lord our God, and God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and awesome God, the Most High God, who bestows grace and creates all, and remembers the kindnesses of the fathers, and brings a redeemer to their children's children for his name's sake with love. O King, Helper, Savior, and Shield, blessed are you, O Lord, Shield of Abraham.
2: Baruch
1: Hatah Adonai And we continue with the very beautiful Givaram. You O Lord are mighty forever. You raise the dead, you are mighty to save. You sustain the living with grace, resurrect the dead with abundant mercy, uphold the falling, heal the sick, set free those in bondage, and keep faith with those that sleep in the dust. Who is like you master of mighty deeds and who can compare to you king who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout you are faithful to resurrect the dead blessed are you O Lord who resurrects the dead be blessed as we continue with music worship. God bless you.
2: Holy heal. for him, for him, he is holy, exalt the Lord, the Lord our God, for him, for him, he is holy, exalt the Lord, the Lord our God, Ramimu, I don't know Elohabu, Lehar Kocho, Ramimu, I do Ta tabu le har kotcha ki 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 kada shag na alelui nuru memu ki 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 kada shag na the Lord Exalt the Lord and worship him worship him at his holy hill. exalt the Lord and worship him worship him at his holy hill for him for him he is holy exalt the Lord the Lord our God for him for him the Lord, the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank Thank you for for Shabbat. Shabbat. Thank Thank you for time time of worship. worship. Thank Thank you that we can can be together. Worship Worship your holy name. My soul i oh. I'll keep on
0: time of worship. What a beautiful time to be together and to worship the Lord together. It's such a great experience that we're having, adding in live from home and live from the sanctuary. So I'm glad everyone can join with us today, and I want to invite you to participate in the comments section of Facebook and you can post scriptures and the book chapter and the verse references as well as the scripture texts and pull quotes from our studies. Before we begin our study together, let's pray. Blessed are you Lord, our God, King of the universe who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves In the words of Torah. Amen. Well, this morning I want to share with you about the untidiness of faith. The life of faith is complex and not everything can be simplified. There's tension in life. It's, it's just not tidy. And, and sometimes young people and young adults aren't able to accept this untidiness and reject faith. They have questions that can't be answered, and then later in life they may see things differently. And some older people who have come to accept that life can be messy may discover faith for themselves later in life, and embrace it along with a new lifestyle and new and productive attitudes. Faith, mishpacha is not always neat, and faith is not always easy to package up with a ribbon and a bow. When you accept the untidiness of faith, you can discover a richer and deeper life with God and with people. Now, the First Messianic community really put the mess in Messianic. I like to say it that way. We put the mess in Messianic. The first Messianic community, 2,000 years ago, people of all different theological and social backgrounds and categories, it was not a tidy group. It was during a time when chinam sinat, or causeless hatred, or unjustified hatred, was rampant in the Jewish world. And in the Israel of 2000 years ago when Messiah came, he came into a a world of great Jewish diversity and not a lot of generosity between groups. The first generation of the original Messianic movement had many different theologies, different views about resurrection, about, keeping kosher. Some were Pharisees, some were Sadducees, some were from Essene groups, others were Zealots. Almost all the groups were suspicious of each other and rejected other Jewish groups and denominations. And at the same time, the original Messianic movement received people from all those different groups and was quite diverse theologically and sociologically. There were rich and poor, James tells us that. There were young and old, male and female, citizen and foreigner, Jewish, not Jewish, and proselytes as well. And there were people who spoke uh, different primary languages. There were Greek speakers and Hebrew speakers. And to fit together in one community of faith, each had to make some adjustments. In order to learn together to be a community that followed Yeshua. They had to learn from each other. And that process of learning from each other gave them a great advantage and it offset the challenges of their diversity. And here was the key for them. The apostles taught them that their love of Messiah can guide their relationships with others as well. To love each other the way Yeshua had loved them, that's how Yeshua said to do it. Not to love each other the way you learned in your family, even if it was good, to have a new standard, a new benchmark, the way Yeshua had loved them is the way they should love each other. Well, that rocked the world back then, and it can rock the world now. What brought them together? was a shared view of what the God of Israel was doing through Yeshua the Messiah. They lived in a complex world, sociologically, economically, theologically. Their religious world was complex. Their shared view of God and Messiah, that's what held them together in their complex times. It can hold us together as well. This week's Torah portion speaks about blessings and curses and encourages everyone to choose God and his blessings. So that reveals to us something. Everyone has the power of choice. Everyone will make choices. We each can choose for God or we can choose against God. And some try to choose just to ignore God. I don't think that's a wise or useful long-term position, do you? I I wanna talk a bit about centering our own identity on God. I think this is a key to the blessed life. It's a key to the life of faith and the life in community. My relationship with God informs and guides my relationship with people. It's important that we start with our relationship with God. We're not trying to make God in our image. We're trying to be made in His image. In fact, we're being remade. You can put it that way. That's what it means to be born from above and to be born again. Now, I want to speak about ethnic identity, the the identity we get from the people group we grow up with, from our families, from our social, social groups, our culture groups, our ethnic identity is subordinate to our identity in God. Now, let me say this very clearly. Our ethnic identities and our group identities are important. It's it's useful to put that in the comments section, so I want to encourage some of you to write in the comments section the simple statement, our ethnic identities are important. Our ethnic identities and backgrounds are not insignificant. They are important, but they aren't first, they're second. They're subordinate to our identity in God. Our ethnic identity is subordinate to our identity in God. It's important to get that right. That's what the original Messianic Jewish community had to get right in order to get along together, and the same thing is true for us. Now, I can speak for myself. My American Messianic Jewish identity is important to me. You can't really know me deeply if you don't know that I am an American Messianic Jew. But this is subordinate to my identity in God. My American identity is subordinate. It's not unimportant, it's subordinate. My Jewish identity is subordinate. It also is not unimportant. It's important, but it's subordinate. And my Messianic Jewish identity is subordinate. You could say the whole kit and caboodle is subordinate all of these people group identities and all of these identifiers are subordinate. They are important. They're in second place, not 30th place, but they're secondary, not primary. And this allows me to have a complete, balanced, and integrated identity that's formed first by the fact that I'm with God, and second by the fact that I'm with God's people. And Yeshua tells us really the importance of these priorities and getting the order right. When he answered the question about what is the greatest commandment, and you remember he said there were two, but the first, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's number one. Number two is to love our neighbors as ourselves. The sequence of these, the order of these, I believe is really important. First, we love God. Our love for God is first. Second, our love for others and ourselves. When we have these in this order, in this sequence, then all of our loves can work together well. It's what you could call an algorithm of truth and faith. Now the Haftor reading this week got my attention. One line in particular sort of stood out for me and it helped me pay attention to a whole passage, Isaiah 55 starting in verse 3. If you would put that in the comment section, Isaiah 55, verse 3. It says this, open your ears and come to me. Listen well, and you will live. Open your ears, come to me, and listen well. And there's a promise. Those are the three things we're to do. Open our ears, come to the Lord, and listen well. Those three things. And then here's the promise. Then you will live. Now there's an implication in all of this. We all need to become really good listeners. We need to learn to listen to the Lord. That's priority number one, but we'll see in just a few moments that we also need to learn to listen to each other. The verse continues. The Lord says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The grace that I assured David. That's King David. And let's ask this question What is the grace that God assures King David with? It's the promise of Messiah. Messiah is the one who will sit on the throne of David forever. Messiah is the one who will establish the everlasting covenant. So there we see the great comfort and the great promise of Yeshua the Messiah. Now we go to the next verse, Isaiah 55, verse 4. And it says, I have given him speaking of Messiah, as a witness to the peoples, a leader and lawgiver for the peoples. I think that's very interesting. Messiah is called to be a leader and a lawgiver as well. And in this way, he is a continuation of the ministry of Moses, but he's above Moses. Messiah is above Moses. How can that be? Well, Messiah is Adonai when we understand that yeshua is adonai that god came down from heaven he took on a human body he lived among us to become a kinsman redeemer but also to be our leader our lawgiver to do everything for us that we couldn't do for ourselves then we have a full orbed picture of who messiah is now verse 5 shifts it shifts its focus to a focus on nationalities or ethnic groups or people groups, you can put it the way you want to. It's not really talking about political entities, it's talking about people groups. Verse five, Isaiah 55, verse five, you will summon a nation you do not know. I wanna underline that, a nation you do not know. And then it goes on. And a nation that doesn't know you, will run to you. That, to me, is very interesting and an insight that God is giving us that will help us understand how our relationship with Him can influence our relationship with other people. I want you to note this. These are nations, these are people groups who were not previously in relationship together. So what does that mean? These nations will need to build relationships with each other. And how will they do that? The key is by recognizing that the Lord is the one who's orchestrating everything, and by recognizing that the Lord has purpose in all this complexity. You know, sometimes I think, maybe you do too, oh, it'd be so much easier if we were all just the same. But that's not what God is looking for. He is the Lord of heaven and earth, the all of the earth and all who dwell in the earth belong to the Lord. The Lord God loves the world so much that he gave his only son. You see, God has a purpose in all this complexity and all this diversity. And when you can grasp that, then you won't be trying to make everything simple or same. Now, let's look at this idea about The Lord having purpose in all this complexity is expressed in the next phrase in the verse that reads this way, for the sake of Adonai, your God, the Holy One of Israel, who will glorify you. For what purpose is it saying? For the sake of Adonai, your God. It's for God's sake. It's for his purposes. And when we honor the Lord's purposes and we take this to heart and put it into action, it will cause us to be lifted up as well. So there's an important principle in here. In the community of faith, we put our best effort into lifting up the purposes of God and lifting up God's purposes for other people, lifting others up. To better our position is not our first goal. We want to better the Lord's position. We want to better the position of other people, the other one's position with God and with other people. So we're not just seeking our self-interest. This is very important. And it helps us from becoming narrow partisans or from being uh, cliquish and isolated in our relationships or from wanting sameness. We're, We're not just trying to make everyone like us or everyone the same. We're appreciating our differences. We're not removing all the distinctive qualities of our own identity or their identity. We're not trying to get rid of ethnic identity or cultural backgrounds. We're recognizing that God wants us to seek the good of the other as a way of getting the best for everyone. We can say it this way, because I love God, I learn to love others in the way I have been loved by God and in the way I love myself. We recognize then the strength of others, we appreciate their strengths. Now, with that in mind, let's go to a portion from the Brit It's in Matthew chapter 7, if you would please turn there with me. Matthew 7, starting in verse 12, and I'm reading from David Stern's Uh, Jewish New Testament version or complete Jewish Bible version. Matthew 7, verse 12, Yeshua says this, always treat others as you would like them to treat you. That sums up the teaching of the Torah and the prophets. So he's making two statements here. The first statement is treat others as you would like them to treat you. And that means we ask this question, how would I want to be treated in this kind of situation? That's the way I will try to treat other people. That's the way I will treat other people. That's what I will aim for. That will become my standard. And then part two, Yeshua says this sums up the teaching of the Torah and the prophets. It's a summary statement. It's not the whole thing, but if you've ever read the summary of a book, you know it's not the same as reading the whole book, but the summary helps us focus on key ideas, important ideas. There's a lot more in this book, the Bible, but don't miss this point to treat others as you would like them to treat you. So that leads us to that statement in Isaiah 55 verse 3, to open our ears, Lord, to respond to what the Lord is saying by opening our ears. And we can pray this, open our ears, Lord, so that we can listen well, listen to you, and listen to each other. In times like these, it's useful to remember that we can listen to people that we don't agree with in order to better understand them. We don't have to disagree with them. We don't have to argue when we're listening. We don't have to close them out of our world. We can listen. We can think about and consider what we've heard. We can listen without arguing. It doesn't mean we're agreeing. It just means we want to better understand. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do, to show that kind of love and deference one to another, to become a good listener and to listen in such a way that we see the strengths of what others are saying. And not just the weaknesses. We find the reasons for agreement and the ways that we can move forward together. This is what the early, the original Messianic community had to learn to do, to listen to each other with their diversity of backgrounds, with their diversity of language, their different theological origins, their different cultural origins, their different points of emphasis and priority. They had to learn to listen to each other, and then they were able with that to understand some things in their own life that had to change as well as to see where the common ground was. So here's a great exercise. It's a challenge and and I think you can do it. Think about someone you really don't agree with and then think about something about that person that you actually do agree with and even something you admire about them and focus on that, emphasize that and then try to strike up a conversation with them with that in mind. Notice what happens when we appreciate people this way and we give them the time and attention to listen to them. We're doing good because we're learning to relate to people the way the Lord has taught us. He wants us to relate to people. He doesn't want us just arguing with each other and just being divisive and angry with each other and just being partisan. None of us is perfect. All of us is flawed. All of us need each other. So we can pray this. Lord, please open our ears and our hearts that we could listen well and live and prosper during these complex times. That's what's in my heart, for you today, I want to share that with you, and I hope it's useful to you. Now let's welcome Rabbi Yuri. Rabbi Yuri, come join.
3: Me. Thank you, Rabbi David. Thank you so much. Yeah, I see myself there too. So I'm here. Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, not anymore. Shabbat Shalom, good to see you and again in the century, and we are coming closer to the moment of uh, our opening here, and it's so good. Now, I mean, look at here, like full place. (laughs) No, I'm joking, yeah. Only ministry leaders, only uh, ministry team. Thank you so much for ministry, for your service. So today I want to share um, very briefly about, I believe, very important part of um, our daily life, and specifically now. We need to to consider this important truth for us. It is in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 18. This is from today's Torah portion, so if you can open with me, please open. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 18. Rather, you are to eat them before Adonai your God in the place Adonai your God chooses, and you will rejoice before Adonai your god in every undertaking of your hand and so two uh, truths here first truth is come to the place adonai your god chooses it is very important part and the second part rejoice before adonai your god in every undertaking of your hand so i would like to speak about joy joy in the lord so we need to have a joy of the lord i mean it's hard to see joy because we have masks now but i can see your eyes and it's a good thing thank you claude claude showed me his his smile so first of all it is very important for us to remember our savior to remember who saved us to thank the savior for his forgiveness for his mercy in our lives for his redemption how important to rejoice every minute we live to be ever grateful for every opportunity to be in the house of God. I mean, it feels so special to be in the house of God. And I don't speak about place as a uh, as a congregational place as a temple. I speak about to be in the body of Messiah, to be part of his beautiful body. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47-48, I want to remind, remind us, A very interesting place of scripture, important and deep place, it, it says here, instead of serving Adonai your God with joy and goodness of heart, out of the abundance of everything, you will serve your enemies whom Adonai will send against you, in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and lacking everything, so It turns that saving the Lord without a joy and goodness, it is a serious problem. Which means that it's extremely important to keep right attitude in our hearts. I believe uh, that to serve the Lord with joy and with gladness, it is a very important part of our ministry to the Lord. It's very important. It's very hard without joy of the Lord. Psalm 100, small place of scripture here, but so important psalm 100 verse 1 and 2 a psalm of thanksgiving shout joyfully to Adonai all the earth this is the commandment this is not an option if we live on this earth it is to us (laughs) it's not to somebody else if I mean verse 2 serve Adonai with gladness come before his presence with joyful singing so this is the direction from the Lord to us Shout joyfully to Adonai all the earth. Serve Adonai with gladness. One of the inter- uh, interpretation we know in Hebrew, Ivdu et Hashem beSimcha," serve Adonai with joy. But one of the interpretation also serve Adonai through joy. It's almost the same, but also important to remember serve Adonai through joy. When something doesn't work and hard to do and doesn't work according to our plan, this is the time to serve Adonai with joy. And sometimes, not only with joy, but through joy, when it's hard, when it's difficult, this is the time to find the joy in the Lord and through the Lord. This is simple but important uh, truth of the Scriptures. Adonai pleased with us when we are serving Him in the joy, through His joy. It is important. So, I would like to uh, also mention that uh, our joy it's it has very interesting uh, source because our joy is not based upon this earth in this life our joy comes from the lord True source of our joy only the lord it's only the lord because it is found only in the lord and nothing can change this joy inside of us if we have the holy spirit we have joy of the lord living inside of us i want to Read one interesting place of scripture. It's in a uh, book of Habakkuk, and um, is it Habakkuk in English? Habakkuk is it right. I would. I don't think Habakkuk would recognize his, himself in Israel when we would call him Habakkuk. He would like. He would like that. Who is Habakkuk here? But let's let him be Habakkuk for today. So Habakkuk, uh, chapter three, verse seventeen, and verse eighteen. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no yield on the vines, though the olive crop fail, and the fields produce no food, the flock is cut off from the fold, and there is no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will triumph in Adonai, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. So, here's the situation difficult situation in the life of habakkuk he doesn't have anything he lost everything and but his heart he said that yet i will rejoice in the god of my salvation and the most important part for me here it's not i will rejoice in some god or god somebody knows but i will rejoice in god of my salvation this is very important to rejoice in god of your salvation this, the secret is to have a joy in the Lord. And I would like to uh, consider a couple places of scripture uh, that uh, tells us about joy. James 1 2, and I will read it very fast. James 1 2. Consider in all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. I mean, <laughs> when we found something good, consider into joy. No. When you encounter various trials, consider it all joy. So why? Because it will help you to go through trials with the joy of the Lord, in the joy of the Lord, through the joy of the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11-12. This is the words of Yeshua. Blessed are you when people will reveal you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Verse 12: Rejoice and be glad. Come on, prosecution, difficulties, uh, a lot of troubles, but this is the commandment from the Lord: Rejoice and be glad. Be- why? One of the reasons: because it will help you to go through everything with the joy of the Lord. Actually, we have two options. Or being depressed, or having joy in the Lord. Also, First Second Corinthians chapter seven, uh, chapter seven. Yeah, it says I overflow with joy in all troubles. First Peter one eight. The joy that is glorious beyond words, the joy that is glorious beyond words so joy from the lord it's a glorious joy beyond all understanding beyond all the words it is so important to keep this heart on the joy of the lord thus it is the grace of god that is the source of joy in the lord through the grace of the lord we can have joy in him that very special passover joy joy of resurrection through messiah yeshua And I believe when we keep this uh, attitude, this joy can pour out on other people around us. We can be source of salvation and source of joy for many, many people around us. Also, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the presence of of the joy of the Lord in our hearts, this is the sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Because it says here, For the kingdom of God it's not about eating and drinking it's not about Chick-fil-A or something else it's about something different (laughs) but righteousness and shalom and joy in the Ruach HaKodesh righteousness, peace and joy so I want to um, briefly mention a couple very important details to us so I want to speak about enemies of our joy is to remember to know the enemies and it is important to fight and to stand still strong so we know we know that Satan knows that how to make us unfruitful boring uninteresting depressed frustrated it is to see, steal the joy of the Lord from our hearts when he does that what can we do without the joy of the Lord nothing This is why in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 2. You must utterly destroy all the places where the nations that you will dispass served their gods. So destroy. Take care about it. Take out everything that caused this this loss of joy. So first enemy of the joy in the Lord. I believe this is one of the biggest one from my experience. Condemnation from our past experience. If you can write it uh, or uh, say it again, condemnation from our past experience. This is very, very huge. It's a big enemies, uh, enemy for us. So said when the child of God lives in constant condemnation, tormented because he cannot forgive himself for mistakes of the past. It is a very hard life to live always in the condemnation self-condemnation god makes available hope and faith so that we can be assured of our forgiveness and have close fellowship with him who is forgiveness and not condemnation so if you have such struggles it is time to renew your hope put your trust in god believe that he completely forgave you and paid the full price when his beloved son yeshua died for you it is very important to remember the lord paid full price for you there is no condemnation and i know that rabbi shaul he went through the same direction you know his past before he became to be a believer he was a prosecutor of believers and it was huge uh, huge um, difficult for him it was Huge press on his faith. So, I can read from Second Corinthians chapter five, seventeen. This is Rabbi Shaul saying about himself and also about us. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. Can you imagine? If you're in the Messiah, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold. All things have become new. So you're old, old you <laughs> already died in Messiah, with Messiah. and you are a new creation, resurrected by the power of Messiah. everything. What a great news, the best news for us today, and briefly I want to read. Uh, Jeremiah 31, we know this place of scripture, this is about new covenant, covenant that the Lord uh, has with us. And the last verse of uh, this is verse 33, Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 31, 33, it says here, their sin I will remember no more. I want to repeat, their sin, I will remember no more this is the part of the new covenant so biggest one of the big parts of the new covenant that the Lord promised to us that he will not remember their sin no more can you imagine it's a beautiful many times we pray to the Lord with tears of sorrow in our eyes asking for forgiveness again and again for our distant past but the Lord has not con- counted those past sins against us anymore. Having already decided to forgive us, He has already decided to forgive us. Can you imagine? This is a new beginning with the Lord. His answer to a cry: "I have already forgave you, and I don't remember your sin no more." Psalm one hundred three. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. So, (laughs) if you want to reach the North Pole, you can do that. But it doesn't matter how long you will drive to the west or to the east. The west always will be before you or east always will be before you. You will not be able to reach east or to reach west. The same way the Lord forgive forgave you and he put your sins so far from you he remember no more because he loves you so much it is a simple truth but it's a very important truth so the second uh, enemy of um, of our joy it is sinful life when the child of God rebels against his father he's living the sinful life I mean all of us we we we, we are uh, we can sin and always we do mistakes and also we sin against the lord and against one another but we need to live in agreement with the lord and his words we need to name sin sin and be quick to do Shuva, to repent to turn to the lord i want to tell you share with you in the moment when you or i justify sin we are in big trouble in the moment when we try to justify our sins we are in trouble. First John, chapter one, verse eight. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Sin is one of the biggest. Uh, problem for child of god so get rid of it repent and you will be restored to the lord so i have a couple more things but i think it's the time to stop and i would just mention that also it's important to find a good fellowship with good people and not to be to be not only around the people who are negative but try to find people who are full of faith so your faith will grow and your joy will grow too And also, not disregard our ministry to the Lord. Keep ministering to Him. When you are doing His job, Holy Spirit will fill you with His joy, specifically in your life. So, thank you very much, and let's welcome again Rabbi David.
0: Thank you, Rabbi Yuri. We appreciate your word to us this morning. I want to remind everyone that we will be having a time of prayer and worship together this Wednesday. Each uh, of the first and third Wednesdays of the month are an online prayer group time. And you can join us at 6.30pm on the Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpocha group page to participate in that. I also wanna encourage you to watch Cantor Aaron Jacobs Torah teaser on our Facebook page and a little word about change in format. We are we have moved the time of blessing children and adults together from the Saturday um, service where we've done it for many years. It will now be on our Friday evening service. Uh, so be ready for next Friday for that. I wanna share with you a scripture about uh, the blessings of the Lord that Sandy shared with me from Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, and it was a great encouragement. Let me read it to you. There is one who scatters, yet increases even more. Now, scattering there means to sow seed, I think, and there's one who withholds more than is right, which means they sow in a stingy way, but for them it leads to poverty. So the one who sows Uh, fully has greater increase than the one who sows sparsely. And then the the proverb goes on and says, the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. It's a great principle that our faithfulness, our understanding of God's economy, um, our generosity, and the way that we bountifully sow with our tithes and our offerings is an important part of our reaping as well. So we want to sow and we want to understand that God will bring increase to you. So special thanks to everyone at Beth Israel who is continuing to support the congregation through your tithes and through your offerings, your faithful and steady giving means so much to us. And we're grateful for your generosity and your cheerfulness as well, your sacrificial giving as well with pies and offerings. If you wanna participate with, with us financially, you can find out how by going to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com giving, and you can learn about how you can sign up very easily on Giving Fire or PayPal. They're very easy to set up and we, have found that they are very secure as well. So I want to close this time with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. Let's gather together and thank the Lord. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep watch over you and guard you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So from Sandy and me, from everyone in the Mishpacha, we want to th- thank you for being with us. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We'll see you Wednesday night at the Mishpacha prayer group. Shabbat Shalom.